this this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Here we go. Okay, welcome to episode nine, I think it is, of Perfect Organism Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and this is... Peter, how you guys doing? All right, so uh, we are discussing Alien Resurrection, the elephant in the room, um, the big elephant in the big room. And I'm gonna let you start. I'm gonna let you start this conversation out. I know you decided to uh, watch Alien Resurrection. Um, I know you didn't get all the way through it, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts about kind of re-entering that film. Um, well. For a little preface here, everybody, uh, we decided several weeks ago that we wanted to tackle uh, discussing Alien Resurrection, and uh, I let out a modest sigh when we decided that, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, It was a little little daunting at first, because I knew I'd have to watch the uh, film again. I wasn't too thrilled about that, but uh, I watched about uh, half half or 60% of it uh, before... Uh, we recorded this podcast and uh, just watching the director's cut and going back and seeing things over once again um, it's very apparent that this film is a total disservice to the franchise and the fans entirely yeah yeah well you know it's interesting too uh, I you know we've been talking about it and I know even Aaron Percival Corporal Hicks from AVP Galaxy said that they were talking about Alien Resurrection, strange coincidence this week, and uh, you know, we've been talking a lot, even it's kind of crossed over into a few of our episodes in terms of the design of the Nostromo and the design of the first Alien film Um, and I look, I, I kind of compare the two, the design of the first Alien film and Alien Resurrection and certainly Alien Resurrection has these great set pieces, but nothing feels connected, like that whole cell room that, that Ripley happens to be in um, looked cool, but it wasn't really functional, you know? Yeah, in that case it was definitely more uh, form over function whereas in the uh, subsequent Alien films it was definitely uh, function over form Yes um, and I think as far as the aesthetic goes of Resurrection, it was just really dark and muddy. And it had that uh, French quality to the entire film. Yeah. Um, not to imply that French films are, are bad or anything like that. Um, irreversible, we've discussed that yes. on personal conversations. If Ooh. you guys want to watch a pretty fucked up film, watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or fast forward through a pretty fucked but, up film. <laughs> yeah, but... But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just it doesn't retain any of the uh, any of the visual pieces or any of the style that was popularized by Ron Cobb and Sid Mead and all of those retro futuristic artists that they really captured in uh, the first two Alien films and even Alien Three with the Weyland Yutani architecture. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Jean-Pierre Genet. Um, who, if people aren't don't know, Pete knows who he is. Most a lot of people do know who he is. Jean Pierre Genet is the director of Alien Resurrection. He also directed The City of Lost Children, which is a great cult film. Not, but it's a great film in and of itself. He directed Delicatessen, and he directed a very successful crossover film called Amelie. And Amelie is just brilliant. Jean Pierre Genet is a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker. 
Um, but I'm surprised that Jean-Pierre Jeunet didn't realize that, you know, I'm not making a French film, and I can't really bring those sensibilities to this film. Maybe some similar aesthetics, yes, but that scene where, um, I don't even remember the guy, but he gets an alien, bites through the back of his head, and he takes the pieces of his brain. Oh, yeah, the sergeant, or, uh... Uh, the Lopez guy with the hairy shoulders. Yeah, and that was Perez, like General Perez. Yes, yes. Uh, like that scene was really. I was just like, was it a little bit comical? Absolutely, but it was like parody. It's like it doesn't it didn't belong in an alien film. It totally detached the viewer from the film because the aliens just standing there idly behind General Perez after he you know just gashed out the back of his head. It was totally unnecessary, total yeah. gag. Because if if that part, if that portion of your brain was traumatized and, uh, you know, just destroyed, you would have no control over your body. That's what somebody uh, I read in an article online. You would you'd be dead instantly <laughs> if you faced trauma to that part portion of your brain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know I. Even in, you, you use the term architecture um, in, in reference to um, the was oh the Ariga that was the name of the ship that they were on. Um, uh, what is surprising mm-hmm. to me too is the architecture of the alien. The alien were these kind of black things. They, you could there was no discernible quality to them. They didn't you couldn't see any details. They were just these black bugs. Um, Very homogenous. Yes. Um, the de- the designs were just dumbed down, and it was almost as if, and I don't know, I know a lot about Alien Resurrection. I was a big, huge fan. I, you know, I've told you before, I've said it before, I don't need to say it again, but huge, huge fan. Um, and I don't know if, but I still don't know if Jean-Pierre Genet just kind of said, okay, ADI, um, you, which are, the, are the, the design, the practical design effects people who worked in the film. Like, I don't know if he was like, you guys just do what you do and I'll use your aliens. But he, I don't know. It was very strange how that just got lost in lost in the production. Yeah, there's definitely a dinosaur quality to the creatures in the film. And I don't know if that was to capitalize on the success of the uh, Jurassic Park films that came out in the 90s. Because mm-hmm. that was up in the air. I remember you know, being a strapping young lad in the 90s. Yay, diapers. Uh, <laughs> I just remember, like, how much everybody liked dinosaurs. I mean, little boys liked dinosaurs, little girls liked dinosaurs. Everybody liked dinosaurs back yeah. then, it seemed. Because yeah. Jurassic Park. And I think uh, the creature design in the film tried to really capture on that, but ultimately it failed. And it's like a slap in the face to the fans. It's like, hey, yeah, we just uh, copied over half of a velociraptor and we put spines all over it. And it's got the alien head and the ribs on it because um, we got really lazy. Yeah, it it... it took the direction of alien 3 which is really when the creature effects started breaking down uh, i mean the the conceptual design for the creature for alien 3 were beautiful but the implementation of them wasn't and it's like it took it even a step further away from bagger's design in alien resurrection uh, I believe he was so disappointed with the creature design on the film that he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think there's only very little you can read about his involvement in uh, Resurrection. Yeah. I know that in the art book it makes very brief mentions, the uh, making of book that we both have. Yeah, and you know, uh, getting more into kind of the the the, 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 the body of the film, I guess, Ripley. 
you know, the whole premise is Ripley is cloned back. Um, of course, there's very... I remember reading a review by um, Roger Ebert when the film came out, and he was talking about kind of the science of alien resurrection. He said, so they cloned this woman back, and as the clone grew... Um, the alien clone grew inside her too. And they said, he said that would be like, um, cloning, uh, a cookie, like cloning, like a chocolate chip cookie and have it being a cookie dough inside or something. He said it was ridiculous, which yes. Okay. It was ridiculous. Whatever. We can get beyond that point. But really alien resurrection was the first film, um, where Ripley had served no purpose. She had nothing to do. Um, um, there's there's a couple canon novels in the Alien novel series that are just totally detached from the lore, and it's just like okay, random people in space are encountering the alien, um, which is, I essentially feel like, um, Resurrection is just it's just going to be one of those spinoffs. Like it's like okay, yeah, we have money, we're going to make this alien film our way, but in no way are we going to be doing the fans a favor. Yeah, Ripley has no purpose in the film. Yeah, and I know the, the, the interesting thing about it, and this is something that I liked, I'd like to hear what you think, but that there was a mix of the DNA between her, so her her allegiance to, was her allegiance to humans or aliens? That was somewhat interesting to me. It was somewhat compelling. What, do you, what, what about you? I thought it was an interesting um, conversation piece in the film, like they weren't sure if they could trust her or if they should kill her. Um, but ultimately, I just feel like it wasn't implemented properly because she is very contradictory in her loyalty. Yeah. Because she is, oh, yeah, you know, I love the aliens and this and that. But she kills numerous aliens in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has that weird costume change when I remember reading about the costume in the making of a book. And they kind of had to give it, they gave it this, it was dark and it was ribbed to kind of reflect the design on the alien. Um, but it was weird because... In the, in the first, you know, after she's, you know, fully cloned, um, you see her and she's in this one costume. All of a sudden, she has a costume change two-thirds of the way in for no reason at all. Um, which Yeah, about the costumes, I was not fond of those at all. It looks like a really bad, um, looks like a really bad JCPenney's catalog. I will just <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. They are modeling wardrobes for Macy's or something. Yeah. And, you know, it goes to your point earlier of just disconnection. I mean, there was no real, you know, even in, in, in Alien, you know, there's a lot of connection between the Nostromo and what the crew was wearing. It was very relatable. It was very, um, they weren't set pieces. It was a big functioning set. And it was so functioning and so amazing that it was also beautiful in a very cathedral-like way. Um, right. Which Alien Resurrection wasn't. I mean, there's there's so much we could point out that's wrong about Resurrection, and I think we should definitely spend time doing so. But if there's anything that you feel Resurrection did right, I'm interested to hear. Yeah, there are. Um, uh, what's that actor's name? Uh, who Brad they? Doris. No, 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 no. They found him in. He was part of. He was some of the. Uh, the he was he was he was a part of a group of people who were in cryosleep that they were dropping off. Oh yeah, um, he's in like all those movies. He what's his name? Yes, he's a fantastic character actor. I see his face. Um, anyways, that actor, uh, the scene where they go into the room and Ripley's talking to him, 
absolutely compelling. They used that in the trailer. It was really a good, realistic piece of acting. And, you know, um, and he goes, who are you? And she Just smiles. Speaking of Leyland Orser. Leyland Orser. Yes, yes. That's his name. Fantastic. He's in the X-Files. He's been in so many things. He's a, a really, really great actor. I loved that scene. I really did. Um, now, that scene where she goes, I'm the monster's mother. Stupid. Um, <laughs> but the scene leading up to that, and he's so scared. He doesn't know what's happening. It was really, it was really, really compelling. Um, the next scene for me would be the clone room scene. Oh, um, that is very powerful. Yes, yes. Um, uh, why, why is it powerful for you? Because it's essentially this creation looking at failed creations that are just being valued as wastes of life. And she gets to live out this life, however um, however restricted that life may be and however little purpose that life has. She's just looking at all these sad things that were once supposed to be what she was. Yep. And it's almost the 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 uh, the byproduct of. I mean, Ripley ate herself is a byproduct of kind of man's engineering trying to be God. Then she walks to that table and sees herself laying on that table, um, very mutated and weird and suffering. Um, that was a really. It, it actually, it to me, it um, referenced the cocoon, the cut cocoon sequence from Alien. Very much where she oh, says, "Oh, the director's cut." Yeah, where she said, "Where they, where Dallas says, kill me," and then Ripley in that in Alien Resurrection says, "Kill me," um, which a little bit of trivia. A lot of people, most I think, except for Alien Three, everybody says, "Kill me." Um, that Ripley comes across, and Ripley even says, "Kill me" in Aliens. Um, so it was, it was an interesting nod to the cocoon sequence. I thought it was a, a brilliant, brilliant uh, sequence. And then it was just kind of made stupid by um, Johnner's quip. Must be a chick thing, which I just thought brought the whole scene down. Um, that is that is a very interesting point. There's a echo uh, hearkening back to uh, the original Alien film there. But I have to say probably one of my favorite characters in the film would definitely be either Vrice or Christie, the guy with the dreadlocks. Okay. He was a very likable character because um, out of everybody, uh, he seemed to have his head on the straightest, and he seemed to be able to actually use his brain and not be a cardboard character. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of Call? Uh, I have mixed feelings about Call because I really enjoy Winona Ryder's uh, act, acting abilities. As do I. I just... I just think that call was uh i'm not too fond of her performance as call yeah i think it was poorly written for sure and you know i've read interviews with joss whedon and uh joss whedon's obviously he backed way far away which i think was funny because i think if the film had been successful he would have been all over it but because it wasn't successful he kind of disowned it um (laughs) but in one interview, he says, oh, you know, they said the, the line's the wrong way. And I'm like, well, what was the right way? Like, I I, I think Joss Whedon uh, does what he does very well. Um, I think the Avengers films um, are, well, the first one's awesome. second one I was underwhelmed with. But uh, I think Joss Whedon is a very great niche writer. I don't think he was right for the Alien uh, film. I just don't think that sensibility... Um, like, for instance, in Aliens... Hudson was funny because Hudson was freaking out. Hudson wasn't trying to be funny, you know? 
It was um, just the unintentional comic relief of somebody losing their mind. Yeah, yeah. And, pressure. Yeah, and then, like, that scene where in Aliens where um, uh, Vasquez is walking after they just get up from cryosleep sleep, and he goes, Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? And a very sexist, homophobic, um, whether that was intended to be homophobic or not, comment. But it was funny, too, because those are things that people think of that they wouldn't say, you know, because people who look different make us feel different. Um, but Alien Resurrection was so heavy-handed. It had none of that um, kind of incidental comedy. It had, it had no uh, validity in the relevance of the writing and the acting I felt was very minimal yeah. in terms of the storytelling um, I did enjoy the comic relief provided by Bryce and Joner even though Joner's commentary is just really wooden yeah. and cardboard and like forced like they just told him okay yeah uh, in this scene you're going to say blah 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 and you're going to be a dickhead about it Yeah, yeah. Like, like he was not reading off of a script he was just like Oh, okay. You know, it was an interesting scene, too, and I liked it. part of it was when the crew from the Betty, and if everyone, just a refresher, the Betty was the machine that, or the machine, the spaceship that docked with the Auriga, who brought the cargo, which were cryo, humans in cryosleep, to the Auriga for um, use for facehuggers and such. Um, when the crew of the Betty first encounter Ripley on the basketball uh on the basketball court, um, and they just don't know what the fuck she is. And I like that. There was certain, there was a part of it where even you could see in Sigourney Weaver's performance, she didn't know what she was either. She was, she was amused. Yes, yes, almost like an animal. Like they're looking at this thing and they're trying to, t- they're taunting it a little bit, but they're no match for it either. She um, is just as curious as they are. Yes, and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. She's learning from them. Um, I. I'm I'm sure everybody who's listening in has heard the story about Sigourney Weaver and the basketball court scene. Oh yeah, uh, that was done in one take. Uh, Sigourney Weaver practiced basketball. I want to say for like three hours a day for like two months or something. Uh, she'd wake up before they shot scenes, and she'd just play basketball and shoot hoops and did it until she could be comfortable with it. And she did that with no CGI, no special effects or anything. Yeah. And Ron Perlman actually broke the fourth wall when they shot it. And you can see just a little hint of that in uh, the film. But they cut it uh, so you can't really tell. Yeah, He yeah. actually looks over at the camera and says, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I remember reading all about that and seeing little kind of featurettes about that, how they had to cut it, cut that scene real quick because people, yeah, people reacted so uh, crazy to the scene. And it was great. It was a great scene. Um uh, her, Ripley's blood being kind of acidic, very interesting as well. Um, I think her fingernails kind of being dark and long was kind of corny. I didn't think they needed to do that. Um, that was totally unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, but there was certainly a, a richness and a darkness to her. She looked, she looked different. Like even though it was Sigourney Weaver playing Ripley, she looked different. There was something different about her. Um, she went from being the hardworking space woman to the biker bar chick yeah and space freak like uh clone space clone whatever um what about uh like visual things like uh script and story aside we we know what we think about that there are some things visually that i loved about resurrection but i'm interested to 
hear what you think because you're very you have a very specific palette visually. Um, I was not fond of the special effects in the film. I felt that they relied on CGI way too much, and the little practical uh, practical effects that they did have, um, they were executed with many flaws. It seems like, and they kind of just winged like they just winged it. Yeah. Um, I wish I wish they would have stuck with uh, um, actual models for like the spaceships and the space scenes mm-hmm. uh, because they really lost a lot of the depth because you can tell um, I'm, I'm sure even for 1997 uh, the special effects in Resurrection were pretty underwhelming at the time uh, yeah. they have not aged well yeah, they haven't. And I remember when um, Resurrection came out, it was the f- they were kind of saying this is the first time the alien goes digital, like because there was that scene where the alien walks away from the camera with his very uh, Velociraptor legs. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would think I would say for the time it looked great, you know, but it didn't fit the alien. Um, but there's some visual like uh, on our Facebook page. Um, I posted the banner and it has all of them kind of in that place where the water's flowing in. I remember seeing that when the film released, there was uh, Alien Resurrection dig- Digizine on the internet. And you could go and there was all these, it was a really interactive, rich site. And they showed that photo, that was one of the first photos that they had shown um, from uh, the film. And I loved it. I thought the photo, the, the, um, the, the way they framed it was gorgeous. Um, and there's a lot of things, even the scene where Ripley is in that, when they, she's kind of like in a cocoon or in like, in, in oh, that, that kind of the utero like bag that. or whatever. Oh yeah. Like the, the queen's lair. Yeah. Well, no, not the queen's, queen's lair. When they first, when towards the beginning of the film or right in the beginning, after you see the clone of Ripley, then you see her like the camera pans over and you look down a well sort of and there's Ripley in some kind of cocoon bag and she's kind oh, of yeah. kind of getting and I thought visually gorgeous now you said you made a comment earlier it just it just didn't connect to anything but it was visually beautiful like I I love Jean-Pierre Genet's visual aesthetic it just can't be beat um, but unfortunately again nothing really connected with anything else uh, visually, I'd say um, the sets and um, actors and the way it's framed, um, I'd, I'd say that's like all great stuff. Like just the, the way that all the scenes are lined up and just the cinematography. I thought the cinematography was very good. Uh, too dark for my tastes. Yeah. Um, and there's a dark quality about the film that I feel it capitalized on way too much and delivered very little in return. Yeah. Um, but visually, apart from like the special effects, I I'd say it's shot well. Yeah, um, Darius Kanji actually was the uh, DP on Alien Resurrection, who had DP'd most of Jean-Pierre Genet's films um, up until that point, and he used a special um, process um, where it was a bleach bypass pro- bleach bypass process when they were developing the film, because of course in '97 most films. Well, all films were still being shot on film. Um, and I love that rich quality. Um, and I think in some ways it did work with Alien Resurrection. Um, but I, 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 then I would agree with you, too, that it was too dark, like with the alien. Although, almost like it almost needed to be dark with the creatures because they look like shit. Um. <laughs> well, I feel like AVP went down a similar route 
uh, with Requiem to mask yes. all their mistakes. Yeah. You can't. You. It's unwatchable. Yes. Yeah. Even though I own it and I've watched it more than once. <laughs> um, it's, it's just madness. Yeah. Just to, to watch that. Yeah. And I, I feel like they purposefully darkened uh, Resurrection to try and mask some of the mistakes they made. Possibly, yeah. But who knows? So, I don't think anybody will admit to that. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. If people have the the Blu-ray of the Alien series, which I do, do you? Um, I would assume you do. Oh yes. Okay. Best purchases. Oh yeah. Um. And now you can buy for like eighty bucks. But on the Blu-ray uh, of the saga, they have a really in-depth behind-the-scenes documentary on Alien Resurrection, and there's. More than one person talks about why the film wasn't received well and its shortcomings, and it's very, very interesting. And they're not, like, kind of bad-mouthing the film, but they're certainly saying, yes, this film was full of problems, and this is why. Um, and I would I would recommend to anyone to... Um, and it's actually, that same documentary is also on the Quadrilogy uh, regular DVD release, um, which I also have. Um, so if they can get their hands on that, watch it. It's just it's really, really informative. Um, here's the next interesting uh part of this film that we haven't discussed at all in any of our episodes the newborn oh boy here we go <laughs> tell me uh allow Talk me to me. quote jean pierre genet on this one for a french man it was too much interesting but he filmed it yeah he is quoted on the book as saying even for a french man it was too much yeah um it's it's just taking too many ideas that would have been great individually and just mashing them all together with a big wooden spoon. Yeah. And the end result is this cake that looks like it has gone through a jet thruster. Um, I thought the human qualities of the newborn uh, could have been expanded upon better, but the uh, both gendered genitals on the creature was just too much for me. Yeah. It is not even an alien. It's just, uh, why? Yeah. Well, and even the, the, the life or the reproduction, reproductive cycle of the queen. Um, I, I don't quite like, okay, so she has all these eggs. Oh, and now she's pregnant. Uh, and it's not in her belly, it's in some sack. So she's not really pregnant. Oh, but she's experiencing labor pains, but that's not her belly. Like, it didn't even make sense how the thing was born. Um, but I'll tell you what killed the newborn for me. That fucking cat meow. Oh, my that, God. And then it would, it would, like, you'd see those black eyes, and I just was like, are you serious? Are you serious? And I understand what they were going for. It was like Ripley, it was some weird human hybrid mix um so it, it, it probably didn't know really what it was um but it was clear that Jean-Pierre Genet and the writers didn't know what it was either and they didn't handle it very well and um I seeing the book the making of uh Alien Resurrection which I have and, and the discarded conceptual designs th some of the designs there I thought man this is what they should have went with it's just brilliant but they didn't I think they were really going for the shock factor. Like, oh my God, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. It, it is an abomination. You should kill it on sight. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I remember I bought the uh, 
the, a figurine of the newborn. I had it for a while. I mean, again, I was just trying to cling to something worth worthwhile. <laughs> those are those are actually sort of valuable now. The uh, Hasbro uh, Alien Resurrection figures. If oh. you can, uh, if you can find one of those uh, still boxed, you are sitting on some cash, my friend. I wish I would have. That was three years ago. I, I don't even know what happened to him. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, again, alien, the the newborn was kind of part and parcel with, you know, it's just another large issue. Um, but really, I mean, if we look at the large picture, Alien Resurrection killed the franchise. It killed it dead. Um, oh, yes. Um, and, you know, I it's interesting. I, I, I don't really even see, I mean, people like on the Wayland yutani Bulletin, no one even talks about Alien Resurrection. I saw they will talk about Prometheus before they talk about Alien Resurrection. Yeah. And that is one of the most depressing things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Prometheus, in my opinion, looks like a masterpiece compared to Alien Resurrection. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I mean, I could sit through Prometheus quite a few times more than I could. I mean, I, I before the, I, I could ever watch Resurrection again. Um, but don't you think, though, like... Resurrection really speaks to what was happening with Fox and the Alien films at the time. I think that Resurrection could be viewed as a statement against science fiction films uh, of the 1990s anyway. They were really went by the wayside because people would rather watch romantic comedies. And that's when society is, as a whole was starting to explore itself more and ask bigger questions, it seems like. I mean, I was fairly young around that time i mean you'd know better than i would but that's it seems like the mid 90s is when uh society as we know it really started to change and slightly for the better i mean we're still getting there but yeah you know it's curious i think um i think you're right and i remember even when alien resurrection came out but uh starship troopers or as i call it starship troopers um (laughs) (laughs) even though it's a parody film essentially um it was coming out and they would play the the trailer for starship troopers with alien resurrection or with films that uh similar films or whatever but really i think what was happening there was a there was a dead space happening with there wasn't a lot of great science fiction um people were still kind of coming down that there was no more star wars star wars was you know no uh, more Terminator. No more, you know, yeah, we didn't, yeah, Terminator had been six, seven years before. It didn't seem like Jim Cameron was going to do any more. Um, so there wasn't a lot. Um, and then there was a, but a lot of hope was put on the Alien franchise. You know, you, you know, Alien 3, for many, many people at the time, even though it's regarded much more highly now, it killed the franchise in its own way. Um, so Alien Resurrection was the rebirth um, it was the chance to get it everything right. It was the resurrection. It yeah. was aptly named, but it only drove it further into the grave. Yeah, yeah. And, you uh, know, and it, it, to me it makes a statement of this is why studios don't make films by themselves. They hire artists with their own vision and their own passion for the projects to bring that passion into um whatever studio they're working with and say, no, I love this and I want to do right by it and I want to recover it. Um, enter Neil Blomkamp. Um, but really, I mean, Fox, I, I, as much as I have an issue with Joss Whedon's uh, terrible script and the terrible direction um, and even Sigourney Weaver's own instincts, I mean, I don't even know what she was thinking. Um, I really blame Fox. Fox was the, Fox is what killed that film, in my opinion. 
Uh, I think one of the major problems with 1990s sci-fi films is just that so many people were, uh, so many studios, I should say, were coming out of the analog age, and they were trying so hard to move into digital before it could be fully optimized yeah. and realized. I mean, you have you have so many sci-fi films back then that just look like trash now. Like, I, as a criminal justice student making films in my spare time, could shoot something better than that yeah that's that's how i feel i mean not to toot my own horn but (laughs) i just i just feel like the average person with a camera and a crew could make something better it seems like yeah um i mean there were a few late 90s films that really stick out for me uh like such as deep blue sea Mm -hmm. and event horizon Mm -hmm. um but as far as everything else goes i mean jurassic park is about it yeah, and then Terminator 2, of course, early 90s, which broke all bounds, uh, all, all boundaries, and also The Abyss, James Cameron, I think the ending was terrible, but in terms of, it was a really, really good effort um, in the science fiction genre that took, kind of took place under the water in America. Um, well, that's more 80s, I'd say, because that, that came out a little after Aliens. That was Cameron's next film, 88, 89, something like that. Yeah, oh, you may be right. Was it in 90s? I thought mine was been early 90s. Um, uh, late 89, I believe. I just... Okay. Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, you know, the 90s was this weird kind of, uh, I think even culturally, and um, as, pe- as, as kind of a world people, um, it was kind of a coming down from the glory days of the 80s and kind of like, well, what do we do now? You know, I mean, the 80s spawned, late 70s, early 80s has spawned some of the best films ever, you know. Pardon me. (laughs) Pardon me, I just sneezed. (laughs) No, you're not allowed to sneeze. (laughs) Anyways. um, I I totally agree with you. It's, it's, uh, It's almost a disappointment to look at the films of the 1990s as a whole. Science fiction films. Yeah. uh, Because there are some incredible uh, drama films and thrillers from the 90s. Fight Club, Seven. Yeah. Great David Fincher films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant films. But it's just hard to ignore the fact that 90s sci-fi was failing, and there are few people who could do anything to fix it. Yeah. And... Also, Alien did nothing to fix that. Yeah, it didn't. Um, but also, too, science fiction um, has... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's in terms of studios, from what I've read and what I know, um, studios are very wary of science fiction um, because they are because they are hard to pull off. I mean, there's a ton of science fiction films out there. How many good ones are out there? A handful. I mean... You talk about, I mean, of course, we have the Star Wars trilogy of the 80s. We have um, Blade Runner. Um, but it's only recently now, like, I feel like now we're in a renaissance period where there's some good shit being made. Oh, um, I totally agree with you. Like Moon. Have you seen Moon? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't, you know, sat down and watched the entire You've got to watch it. He, uh, so oh, Duncan yeah. Jones... Uh, Duncan Jones directed it, who also directed Source Code, which I clearly didn't like. Um, but all pra- a lot of practical effects. Reminds me a lot of Alien. It's a masterpiece. You've got to see it. Um, but and, yeah. Uh, I would strongly recommend our viewers go see Ex Machina to get the chance. Absolutely, absolutely. We should talk a little not bit to, about not that. Not to too. digress, but we, no. we, should, we should talk about Ex Machina. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, very, very fascinating film for sure. I can't shake the film, to be honest, even though I had some trouble with it. Um, anyways, we'll get to it in a minute, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Alien Resurrection was, like you said, you know, I think it was, uh, a, a, a product of a time in, um, at least the film world of like, where it just things that things were made and they weren't made very well. And it was also a, a large product of the studio system and studios trying to get movies made as opposed to artists trying to get movies made. And there's a big difference there. The they best, wanted to see the profit margin and they weren't paying attention to the artists yeah. and the movers and shakers. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and again, going back into kind of the, the story of, of alien resurrection, you think about, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before episodes past, but you talk, you think about like, um, the setup for Alien Resurrection. They're back on a ship again. And what are they calling the ship? Oh, father. Uh, you know, of course, big tip of the hat there. Ridiculous. Um, it's kind of like foreshadowing or post-foreshadowing or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole setup. Because so, so they're in a ship. The ship is about to go is about to go to Earth. And then it ends up orbiting Earth. And, oh, and guess what? Someone set the self-destruct. We gotta get out. Oh, but we gotta make sure the aliens don't get out. So let's bust a hole in the window and suck it out of the air shaft, out of the you know, out of the window, like Alien did. You know, it was sucked out of the air shaft. Alien aliens had the queen sucked out of the air shaft. Um, so Alien uh, was the uh, airlock. Airlock, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just just the whole setup of the film was so like we've been here it before. Just didn't gel with me. No, no, we had been in space before. We had been in space before where an alien got loose, and now it's not just one; it's ten or however many. Um, Twelve. Yeah, 14. yeah. Um, and it just was like, and it was clear that the that the studio system with Fox were like, oh no, put all those things from the other movies that people loved, put them in there and write it like this, and that'll make it great. It's like, as opposed to, no, we need to go in a different direction now. As opposed to thematically and logistically uh, mapping out a new story that would gel with um, the fans and supporters of the franchise, they go the total ass-backwards direction and just rehash some of the tropes of the first three films that worked. Yes, yes. Um, Unsuccessfully. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one thing that's odd, as unsuccessful as the film was and is, I talk about it all the time. It's left an impression on me. Um, and I don't know if it's left... I mean, I'm not saying it left, it's left an impression on me because it's a great film. Obviously, it's not a great film. But... Uh, it's something that I talk about. And for some people, they would see that as, well, no, the film was successful because you can't stop talking about it. Um, but I think it's one of those things where you, you wish that there was something that you could say to make it go away, but there's nothing that we could say. There's only, you know, I don't know what you think about that. I don't know how often you think about Alien Resurrection. Uh, it's, it's mostly an afterthought. Um, I just, again, I just view it as a, a poorly uh, handled fan film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think about it too much, and when I do, it's mostly negative, and that's okay. (laughs) I mean, it's I find it very hard for me to say bad things about anything. I'm a very positive person. That's just who I am. So when I watch films as an artist myself, I try to see the best in them. I give all films a chance. Somebody's like, oh, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. I'll watch it. I mean... 
I watched The Notebook because my girlfriend at the, at the time said it was great, and I enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite films. But it's just that Resurrection is just a turd. That's, <laughs> it, is, it is a steaming turd. It's an abortion, yes. Oh, God, yes. Um, you know, I, I think probably why I think about Resurrection as often as I do, and I'm not... Think, I'm not saying I think about it every day, but certainly when we start talking about Alien, you know, and being involved on Facebook. It is very much the elephant in the room. It is. It is. And also, Alien Resurrection was the only Alien film I'd ever seen in the theater. When Alien 3 came out, I was 16, and I was raised very religiously, and they're like, no, you can't see that movie. There's too many F-words in it, and violence, and attempted rape, and blah, 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 blah. So eventually I did see it uh, with my dad on a hunting trip, and it was great. Um... But Alien Resurrection, I had so much of my hope in because it was the only Alien film I'd ever seen in the theater. And I'd gotten the posters. I was working at a movie theater at the time. So I got banners and posters and they were all over my room. And um, I just, and I had a newsletter going on and I was talking to Carrie Shea, the effects, one of the effects coordinators from the film. Um, There was a lot. I just had a lot of hope. Um, I'm very positive too, but I will say I'm very critical of art. I'm very, like, if I'm going to go and, like, for instance, with Ultron, Age of Ultron, which I'd seen, um, which I was very entertained by, and I did have fun watching it, but I'm very critical of art. Um, I think I'm critical of art because I have high standards, not like, and some people will just be critical to be critical because they can go on Facebook or online. Well, the thing about art is is that it's supposed to make you think. Yes, yes. You're supposed to get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, even, even with, like, abstract expressionist art, like Jackson Pollock, for example, which actually is a great segue into our next topic about Ex Machina. Yes. Uh, Jackson Pollock, uh, he expressed his emotions by taking drips of paint and expressing every single thought in his head on a canvas with no direction. Uh, It's so disorganized. People have criticized him for decades. And here he is, one of the most revered artists in all of American history. And he leaves an impression as an impressionist artist, abstract expressionism, and just all this. And it makes you think. Yeah. Whereas something like Resurrection does not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to get back to Resurrection eventually, but I think that is a good segue. And I'm going to let you take the floor from Ex Machina. We've both seen it. I'm really, I really want to hear more of your, more of your insights. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's hard to pick a place to start because I think it's just such a perfect film. Um, I'm sure you saw my Facebook post about it. I was I very brief. Yeah. I kept it short, and I said it is one of the best films that I have ever seen. It was a 10 out of 10. Huh. It is, I, I, uh, looking back, I might have been a bit overzealous with that, and uh, afterthoughts would probably be uh, 9 out of 10. But it is uh, very much a flawless film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it I about just, it that, that touched you, that moved you? I was so intrigued by the fact that there was almost no advertisement about it. I mean, I saw a, f- a Facebook friend share a video about it, and I was just like, whoa, what the hell is this? Is this like some tech film? And I know that Deus Ex Machina means God in the Machine, so mm-hmm. that would be in the machine for the film title. Mm-hmm. So that would be an implication towards maybe uh, playing God or just technology taking over. And. Uh, I just went into the film knowing nothing about it other than Oscar Isaac being uh, 
one of the lead roles. Who was I, awesome. I enjoyed his work. He was just phenomenal in that role. I mean, I, there's something about Oscar Isaac's performance that is so real. Like, I just, I, I will say, I mean, and the film moved me too, for sure. Um, but Oscar Isaac's performance, uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, Oscar Isaac plays, I can't even remember the name, his name. Nathan. Nathan, who is the brains behind um, and the builder of Ava, who is kind of the the star who is the 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 android the robot the synthetic or whatever you want to call her the ai um but oscar isaac's performance i he plays things so real i that in a in a way that i have not seen in decades um oh i know like he feels he was such a real guy um he is the character yes yes absolutely absolutely and dom hall gleason by the way dom hall gleason is the only other uh human well the only other, yeah, non-AI star in the film, and they're both in the new Star Wars, by the way. Um, and Dom Oscar Hugley's... Isaac is in the new Star Wars. Yeah, haven't you seen the photos, yo? Aren't you a Star Holy Wars fan? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, he. Is... I'm excited. Yeah, he plays Poe Dameron. He's part of like the new three. Um, he's an X-wing fighter. Um, but anyways, uh, Isaac, uh, just that scene. There's a scene, and you people probably have seen it in trailers, where Isaac, Oscar Isaac starts dancing with. Uh, one of his girls and that's all i can say without giving anything away um but just the way he kind of gets into it like it's not it's not even funny it was like it just made sense for him because he was the character um but yeah it's i, I mean i i it, i hesitate i'm hesitant to say i had problems with ex machina i i didn't have any problems with the film i have some philosophical problems with it or not even problems. I have some philosophical hangups about it, like trying to wrap my head around certain plot points, and um, and the feminist in me is confused as to what I saw, and I can only leave it there because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Oh, I know. Um, and I wasn't like I said. I went into it not knowing what to expect. Uh, me too. Me too. All I can say is sci-fi thriller but there were there were moments when you feel essentially uh every palette from films in the past 50 years uh romance horror thriller just all these great genres they come together and you see bits and pieces of yes. all of throughout the entire film and it was flawless yeah and part of it and I'm, i can only say it like this because again i don't want to give anything away there was one scene towards the end um that reminded me of um, Silence of the Lambs. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen that Silence is, of the Lambs. Uh, that is a film I have only seen bits and pieces of. Oh but my I hear God. About it <laughs> you've got to see it. It's just, it's filmmaking 101. You've got to see it. But anyways, but I would say Silence of the Lambs just because there's just, there's a scene of horror in the film. Um, and... Uh, towards the end of the film and I didn't I couldn't make sense of it and I was is trying is this when uh, the realization yes uh, and part of Caleb it... he realizes yeah. an important plot point yes and he's watching Ava walk around um, and just oh and just yes. no what was no it's first when Caleb is walking around and discovering things anyways and part of my issue with that film or not that film with was I loved Nathan so much I felt betrayed by him um, and I think that's part of it. That was part of my hang-up with the film. Is, it's like, man, I thought you were a cool guy, you know? 
you really want him to be too because of how he acts. He's just such the proverbial dude bro yeah. in the entire film. Like he's uh he, at the beginning of the film he's like, I don't want this to be a dissertation. I want this to be two dudes hanging out drinking beers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it and he, he retains that throughout the whole entire film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, everyone you've got to see Ex Machina. It is a must see. I, I will say um, and I've mentioned this before, as touched as you are of Ex Machina, and you say it's one of the best films you've seen um, in a long time, I feel that way about Predestination, which we've spoken about. Predestination changed my life. Um, it felt like Blade Runner. It felt like um, so many different films, but it had its own unique voice as well. It was, it's something, and it's a little slow moving, and there's a lot of exposition, and you've really got to pay attention to what's going on. Um, but you will not see anything like it ever again. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And I need to see Ex Machina again and maybe eventually um, in another podcast towards the end or whatever we can t- talk about Ex Machina and talk about some spoilers. Um, so Absolutely. We can... I think down the road it would be uh, advantageous for us to spend a whole podcast for Ex Machina. And it... It, is, it is essentially related to Alien in that it's inspired a lot by the aesthetic of the film. Yes, and the fact that there's it's it's robots and androids and they play a big role in the alien uh, saga with isolation, um, which brings me back kind of to a, a couple of uh, uh, an idea I had in terms of I was thinking about Alien Resurrection. How would I do Alien Resurrection different? And I'm not talking about okay, I'd set the camera up here. I'm just talking about story, and I think the premise of Alien Resurrection. Cloning Ripley back, I can live with. I think it's very interesting. It didn't, and I think about, because I'm a writer, and I've written, you know, I've written scripts, I've written whatever, um, and how I would do Alien Resurrection is I would certainly have Ripley cloned back. What I, what I would have is something far more desolate, far more um, isolated, where she is cloned back, and from her blood, they can also find a full sequence of alien DNA and so they kind of grow a face hugger or whatever but then they discard Ripley think, thinking that um, oh this this clone isn't going to live for a while we've gotten what we need and they essentially throw her away but she isn't dead and then um, her kind of journeying and it wouldn't be on a spaceship it would be on some type of some facility somewhere and it would be kind of her escape as she's dealing with the kind of genetic memories of Ripley number one from the first three films and what that's like. Um, but yet there's another part of her DNA that's calling her, which is the alien, the alien creature. And it terrifies her. And maybe she meets some people along the way, some people who feel sorry for her. But to me, that would be alien resurrection, something that it's dark and cold and distant and different and not filled with all of those tropes that we've seen so many times in so many other movies. Um, it's just very different. But I, I don't know if you've ever thought about a successful way to make an alien resurrection based off that premise of cloning. But uh, I have a few ideas. I mean, nothing tangible like you did. I'd, I'd feel uh, ashamed if I was to <laughs> give any ideas. Because <laughs> or whatever. You pale in comparison. But, um, <laughs> No self-deprecation um, I, here, buddy. Th- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I said no self-deprecation here, buddy. <laughs> I think that a successful Alien Resurrection would start as soon as Alien 3 ended. When they shut the book and when they close the prison facility on Fury 161, 
which they did not refer to as in Resurrection, by the way. They referred to it as Fiori 1-6, Fiori 1-16. Fiori 16, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, it would take place after that, and I'm thinking that somebody involved with the company would find a way to clone Ripley right after the fact because they want the creature that bad and all hell would break loose and the cloned Ripley would come back once again to save the day and kick the company's ass. <laughs> all right, interesting. That's more of a 90s film, but I feel like it could work. Yeah, I think that I think elements of that could work for sure. I think obviously we all have different... For me, um, Neil Blomkamp said it really well, and I think him and I are a little bit closer in age, so we might see a little bit differently, but or similarly, but I feel like... For me, what compels me about the Alien series is Ripley. It's the human drama. And not even, I mean, certainly Ripley. It's how do people deal with the situation that they're in? Um, how do you deal with, how does a whistleblower survive this type of situation? Um, they make a statue of you in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think, I, I like the idea of Ripley, even a cloned Ripley. Um, maybe, I don't. I don't know if I like the idea of her kicking ass again. Um, certainly maybe taking charge a little bit. Because even in Alien Resurrection, she didn't really do much. She ended up with that band of of, uh, of you know survivors from the Ariga and the Betty. And they're trying to get to the Betty by going all these different routes. Um, but, you know, and then there was like, I heard you dealt with these creatures before. What'd you do? I died. I mean, it was so stupid. How stupid can you get? Um, but really, Ripley didn't have anything to do. There was no real reason for her to be there in Alien Resurrection. She was a byproduct. Um, Alien 4, this time it's personal. Yeah. That would be great. I remember, too, uh, after Alien... Uh, the first... I know this is a bad segue or a bad whatever. But after Aliens, they had a teaser for Alien 3 when it was in writing stages. And it was going to take place on Earth. And they released that teaser. three on Earth. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, and they released that te teaser in theaters. So everybody thought it was going to be one thing and ended up not being that thing. But anyways, um, I think if you're going to make a successful Alien film that includes Ripley or anybody, make them important. Make them necessary. Make them needed. Because they're not going to feel... If, if they're not needed, the audience is gonna it's going to be like weighing the audience down. Like, what are we watching? What are you, they're what's the point? Them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's all I have for Alien Resurrection, my friend. That is about all I care to say about Resurrection. Not a fan. <laughs> and I should say, our next episode will not include Pete. Unfortunately, um, we're going to be, or I'm going to be interviewing Dominic, who runs the, uh, the blog and the Facebook page, Alien Explorations, who is just, I wish you could somehow be a part of this conversation, because this man is, his knowledge is just incredible. Um, there's no way, eh? And uh, in the near future, I would really like to see uh, my friend Alex come on to the show. He uh, is a music producer based in Miami, and he makes this dark ambient uh, space albums based on the Alien and Prometheus lore. Interesting. And I will be posting links again um, after we wrap up this podcast, but uh, I'll definitely uh, share some links so you guys can check out his work he has an album based on uh, alien isolation coming out this month on the 20th awesome so. awesome that's great too because i think really fandom is important fandom is important to these films because without us these films won't, are not successful 
Um, and I think it's great to explore, like talking to Dayton Allen, like talking to Aaron Percival, like talking to your friend, like talking to Dominic. We are the alien community, and uh, we are going to, it's really depending on us um, if it flourishes or if it doesn't. So that's exciting. I can't wait to talk to him or have you talk to him or whatever. Yeah. Soon. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That's all she wrote. Who are you? Ripley Ellen, Lieutenant First Class, number 36706. Ellen Ripley died 200 years ago. You're a thing, a construct. They grew you in a lab. What the hell is going on here? He is breeding an alien species. I wish you could understand what we're trying to do here. Now they brought it out of you. Not all the way out. You want to tell us what this is? It's a queen. She'll breed. You'll die.